Tweaking Geek number four, Geek Gift Ideas and Weird Quantum Mechanics, taped on December 12, 2007. Coming to you live from the bottom of Santa's sack of toys. <laughs> so reaching into our email box, we actually got some this week. Awesome. Thank you, reader, <laughs> listener. Uh, Lori from Atlanta writes in with, You're my only hope, Tweaking Geek. Please help me find some cool gift ideas for the geeks and tweaks in my life. It would be great if you each could find one to five cool things this Christmas that you think every geek and tweak should have. That was pretty specific. One through five. What if I had found six? I wonder if Lori from Atlanta is herself a geek, because that, <laughs> that sounds like something a geek would say. But let's move on. I found two things. So Excellent. The first thing that I found is the Virgin Electric Charter. Uh, this is from the Neiman Marcus Fantasy Christmas catalog. Uh, and I think every geek needs a trip to space for the low price of $1.7 million and change. That's all? If you have the 1.7, I think the, the rest is prob- probably irrelevant. I bet you could talk them out of it. What if it was like one point six or you know one million six hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents? Do you think that that would? I'd give them the one point seven million just to prevent having to break that kind of change. Yeah, I know breaking a hundred thousand dollar bill is definitely uh, <laughs> a pain. So how far into space do you go? At least like Jupiter, right? Uh, I, I think it's just a little orbital lob kind of thing. An orbital lob it, into space and back. I want to see, like, the Jupiter outpost and all the monoliths surrounding Saturn. I don't know that there are monoliths. I, I, I think that's from a book. So what what kind of, uh, and incidentally, in the first, in 2001, in the book, they were Saturn, not Jupiter. They just, Jupiter was cooler when they wrote the sequel. But anyway, um, so what do you get to ride in up into space? Spaceship One, the ship that won the X Prize. Wow, that's a great name, Spaceship One. <laughs> it's unambiguous. Yeah, that's true. So, but it actually makes it into space. It does make it into space. Okay, well, that's cool. That's um, a- now, Spaceship One, uh, you actually take off in air. Like you get a little assist up into the air, and then it starts its real launch. Really, that's pretty so, cool. And I believe you're allowed to bring a guest at this price. That's that's actually very cool. Welcome. So this, uh, according to their website, you get a three day medical assessment, making sure that you can actually. Handle it. Um, you, get, you get launched. You get up into space, uh, and then you come back down. And then they actually send you like a fabulous resort for drinking and hilarity. What if actually flying up into space was actually like fifty dollars, but the fabulous resort of drinking and hilarity was like one point six blah 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 million dollars? That would be ironic. That would be. I'm, I'm extremely happy. I'm looking forward to getting mine in the mail. Um, <laughs> You're I, getting two. <laughs> I'll spoil it early. Uh, so I have to find like three people to go into space with me. Can, actually, if I got two, you know what I would do? I would find four people that needed to go into space. But what I would do, or actually, I would find eight people that needed to go into space, and I would take the two round trips and just trade them in for four one-way trips. Nice. <laughs> now, what you've got to do is you know, get Thunderdome. What's for, for each pair, you know, two men enter, one man leaves. Oh, that would be awesome! Oh my god, like spaceship cage match. This would be the greatest reality show. 
It would be. Oh, that would be so cool. I wonder, that would be so cool if, like, on the International Space Station, instead of, like, a boring science lab, they actually had, like, you know, like a fighting arena. It's like, over here is our science lab where we grow tomatoes in radiation. And over here is the American Gladiator Ring where we play <laughs> a soft. That would I want to be, be so careful because that guy with the machine gun is going to take you. That would be awesome. Um, all right, well, so that, that's a great gift. Now, I, I found a, a couple of gifts, too. Uh, one, uh, I think the gift that every geek who's anybody will be getting this year is kind of like the gift that keeps on giving, or it actually gives and gets. It's the XO Laptop. And the XO Laptop is the name of the machine that has come from the One Laptop Per Child program. It, it's something that Nicholas Negroponi who was from the uh, MIT Media Lab, he had this vision that basically to make a $100 laptop for uh, children in third world countries. And what they've done is they've come up with this machine. You can't actually get it for $100. It's more like $189. But it's like this. It looks like something you get for Fisher Price, but it actually runs like a flavor of Linux and it has like advanced network capabilities and this like pull string or whatever that charges the battery and you can like submerge it underwater and and it's just like totally awesome and it, and it runs I say it runs Linux but uh, it's actually very aimed towards uh, like software development because it's, it uses uh, like something written in small talk and for any part of the application you can actually like revert over to the source code and actually kind of play around with it and us yeah, it's totally cool. And the cool thing is, in the, it's I think it's only available in the United States, this program, but it's like a, uh, it's called Give One, Get One. What you do is you pay for two, and they send you one, and then they'll send the other one to someone, a child who needs it. And uh, I think So you said these are third world countries, so we're talking like Alabama? <laughs> well, Alabama and like Cambodia. Which I'm not sure which is more third world, but um, I'd like to apologize to our listeners in Alabama and Cambodia. No, that's okay. There, none of our listeners in Alabama have computers. Although I would like to con- apologize to our listeners in Cambodia, though. <laughs> um, well, so that's a good one with the the spirit of the season to it. Yeah, and I've actually you can get the the uh, operate like a, an image of the operating system that you can play on VMware. Uh, and it's very weird. I mean, it's cool, but it's just not like anything you've used before because it's not like, you know, if you're used to, like, you know, Windows or, you know, some sort of, like, kind of X-windowing system in Unix or Linux or a Mac, it's not really like that. It's just kind of got this very, like, Spartan feel where basically you have to, like, you have to kind of, like, earn it. <laughs> so it's it's pretty decent, though. Uh, I, th- I think... When I heard about that, I'm still like kind of on the fence as to whether or not it would be like worth getting one, just because it's cool. And on their website, you know, they uh, they have like pictures, but they ha- show a picture of these like two businessmen sitting in what looks to be like a boardroom with like you know a dry erase board, and they're you know two guys in ties, you know, kind of older guys, you know, executives hunched over this little green thing, which is the laptop, and it looks like they're basically playing with a toy. It's just awesome. So it is awesome. And, All right, uh, my my second gift was also a laptop, but it was nowhere near as charitable as yours. So Dell released the uh, XPS, which is their powerful system line slash gaming line, 
World of Warcraft Edition laptop. Cool. So this is a laptop with four gigs of RAM, uh, dual video cards in SLI, a physics accelerator. Uh, you name it, it's on here. And if it's not already on here, you can pay way too much to have it be an option. That's pretty uh, 1920 sick. by 1200 display, which I have on my laptop, and I, I would never trade back. Uh, but the downside is this one retails around $4,500 at the base model. You seem to have very expensive tastes tonight. I'm just saying if any of our visitors wish to buy me one of these, I'll, I'll take it. You would not make them stop listening if, if one of these showed up. Even if it was just an XO laptop, I'd play with that. That would be cool. Yeah, if yeah, if any of our listeners would like to send in laptops, then uh, that's okay. <laughs> like, And that's okay is in... You should. Excellent. Uh, there's not a lot more to say about it. I mean, it's it's price higher than it ought to be because it's got the branding tie-in. Uh, I suppose they look okay if, if that's your sort of thing. Let, let's, it's funny that you have this extremely powerful laptop to run a four-year-old video game. I think that's totally awesome. But I, I hear... All right, I, I would have to say uh, uh, rip-off alert only because they have four gigs of RAM, and you know my pet peeve about the whole RAM thing. Because Windows cannot address your fourth gig of RAM. It can't. And, I mean, if they've got, like, huge video, I bet I bet they can get up to, like, 2.5 or 2.75. But, you know, hey, at least it's more of, like, a kind of a, you know, I'm tough kind of thing, right? It is. Anyone who's like, anyone has four gigs. Right. Uh, I don't so, have four gigs. Haha, ha, he can only address 24 bits of RAM. What a loser. <laughs> All right, I have another... Actually, I have another gift idea. Then I have like a couple of like little stocking stuffers I want to talk about. But uh, I think all right, the gift of all gifts, besides obviously the iPod Touch, the electronics gift to give this year is the Amazon Kindle. Uh, I'm not much of an ebook person, but I was even like kind of impressed. It's it's uh, basically something to read, DRM'd of course, ebooks from Amazon.com. But some of the cool features is it's like wicked thin, and it's got a pretty decent sized screen, and it's got internet connectivity. But in it uses instead of like oh it's got Wi-Fi yay, it has the EVDO. Uh, oh. But you can use EVDO to buy things from Amazon.com. Get this, okay? Hold on, are you sitting down? Yep. Without some sort of cell phone plan, it just works. Because nice. Because it's apparently uh, it, it, Amazon has like a name for their program, but if you are in a place that has that uh, that service, you can order things off it. You can also subscribe to your favorite newspapers, a ton of blogs. Um, although the blogs, you actually have to pay for the blogs. It's like you have to pay for everything, but it's not much. But I mean, the fact you have to pay for blogs is kind of weird. But it did. I, I did notice that it says it has uh, free Wikipedia integration. So I imagine it's like basically free wireless Wikipedia anywhere you can take it. I've I've been intrigued by ebook readers because I have so many books. The idea of not having to waste all this space appeals to me. But the price. It's yeah, it's, it's four hundred bucks. I agree. And then the then you still have to pay pay for the books. And you know what? I I think this is. Like I would say, this is this is to ebook readers what the iPhone was to cell phones. It, it's maybe not like the best thing in the universe, but it definitely like 
just like up to the ante a lot. We'll have to see how it does this season. The first shipment sold out as soon as they put it up for sale. Yeah. This is definitely interest. Oh, I, yeah, it, 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 there definitely is. And I think the e-ink is cool because it's we're all used to like our little portable devices with these, uh, you know, the little LCD screens, like the super, you know, high-resolution LCD screens, blah, 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 you know, that basically suck down like 500, you know, megawatts. But right. but these are – it uses e-ink, which to the best of my knowledge is – it's a bunch of like little like electron or electrically polarized spheres, and the spheres are half black and half white. So Once it, it draws the page, it's not consuming any more power. Right. It just basically flips over the sphere. It, and so for a pixel to turn either black to white, it just whoop, turns over. And uh, Right. And so, uh, so Amazon.com, they advertise that one battery charge – lets you read the entire book War and Peace. Nice. And I have read the book War and Peace and that is damned impressive. Yeah, that's all you did. Like you were born, you read War and Peace, and then we started this podcast. Well, actually, I was born in a previous life. I started reading War and Peace. I died and was reincarnated and finished the book. <laughs> then I started this podcast. Excellent. So it's so it's got great battery life. And I, I can't comment on the Kindle, but I've seen the Sony ebook reader, um, and the, you really do have to see the e-ink. It's, it's got a slow refresh time. It's about half a second to a second to refresh a page. Um, but once it does, it's as easy on your eyes as paper. Awesome. And, and you know that uh, – remember uh, like Passive Matrix LCD screens of you know 10 years ago, how they basically had like a one or a half second refresh time or whatever? This is technology that is – going to be like it's going to be technology to watch because i think this is going to be very pivotal yes you know the first use of e-ink that i heard of some stores were using e-ink for their uh, in-store advertising it's something you want to change but not all the time or not very quickly you know if it takes a second for a poster to redraw itself no one cares and it actually a paper like redrawing itself is actually probably looks better you know what i mean yeah it, it's probably kind of cool. So uh, I, I think that's cool. Uh, personally, for me, I'm not ready to buy an ebook reader because I think the screens are till, still a little too small. And I, I know they're like 90% there, but like. See, I think, I think the price I, needs to come down. I mean, if I'm already going to be paying quite a lot for ebooks, uh, I'd like the reader to not be too. I mean, half of where they are now. Put them in the 150 to yep. 200 range, and I'd consider it. Can you imagine when they get flexible, uh, like flexible screens? Basically, I mean that's just around the corner. You know, they're already they already have some stuff like that. That will be awesome. Something like an ebook reader you can like roll up. That'll be or fold up. Okay, so that was the Kindle, and I had to. All right, so I just have to talk about this uh, catalog I got in the mail and how basically I want everything in it. It's uh, uh, the Think Geek catalog, and I just think that for your geek that you're buying for, there's some stocking stuffers that every geek in the world needs to have. And I just wanted to just, like, outline them and tell you that, basically, I want them all. Excellent. Uh, there's a ton of, like, action figures they have out nowadays. They have, like, like classic Star Trek action figures. They have one here, Albert Einstein. Uh, they have, like, World of Warcraft action figures. And 
they're uh, you get four of them for forty nine bucks. So I think that's a pretty good deal. I actually have ordered five sets already. But my favorite is they have the Zelda Twilight Pri- Zelda Twilight Princess four figure set, and they have like the Wolf Link, regular Link, Zelda, and some like evil character I don't recognize. And it just looks I'm like that's so cool. But and and I just think it's cool. And they also have like a ton of awesome T-shirts and. You know, if I was a little bit younger, I would be, like, wearing all these cool T-shirts. But my favorite is this one that comes with, like, a little uh, Crayola, like, fabric marker. And it says, I'm in your, like, your spelled U-R. And it has a big white rectangle for you to write something. It said, blank, you know, I'm in your blank, blanking your blank. And I'm like, that is the coolest T-shirt of all time. That's that's called a lolcat. A what? A lol cat. L-O-L cat. And it's something that cat, picked like, up in online uh, communities over the last few years. I think it started in online gaming, possibly even in World of Warcraft itself. But if you want if you want to laugh yourself silly to these, uh, you should check out the site ICanHasCheeseburger.com, which is impossible to spell. But we'll make sure there's a link in the show notes. But then there was another T-shirt that I was just thought was the most awesome thing ever. It was like code. It says while you know, it says while not, you know, succeed equals try. You know, parentheses. So it's basically while you're not succeeding, try again. I just thought that was great. I thought it was very clever. That's pretty funny. Yeah, they have another one, uh, a, a glass that says, you know, pound include beer dot h. I like that, and it's and it actually has beer in it, so it's pretty cool. So, okay. I've got a great joke to segue to the next segment. Okay. Why did the chicken cross the road? Why? Because it was staying on this side. Ooh. <laughs> that's spooky. Cool. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so, what am I introducing? You you're both you are both introducing and not introducing at the simultaneously our <laughs> next segment. Actually, what's going to happen is at this very moment in time, our universe is going to split off into two universes, one in which you're introducing the next segment and one in which you're not. <laughs> okay, so for anyone who doesn't think these jokes are funny yet, we're talking about quantum mechanics. So you can tell us all about quantum mechanics That's in the in the next 10 minutes, right? Yes. Um Quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics is cool. This is kind of like, I know everyone's going to be like, "Wait, but isn't this a computer podcast?" And the correct answer to that is, it is both <laughs> simultaneously a computer podcast. Okay, that's enough of that, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah, that's just. I mean, it's. I think it's just a topic that we, we both of us have found interesting over the years. And uh, I was actually fortunate enough once to take a quantum mechanics course. At Cornell University, and uh, and I even got a B in it, which was pretty good. So uh, it's the reason I think we decided to talk about this is I heard a very interesting news article recently, which I thought was total bullcrap, but uh, but it intrigued me nonetheless. It had to do with by us observing the universe, specifically dark matter or dark energy. I can't remember which it was. Um, are we actually shortening the lifetime of the universe? So are we? Personally, I don't think so. But you know, like you, a lot of times in cool science, and you know, I would say like uncool science is like oil refining. That's kind of like boring science. But cool science is like you know, quantum physics and 
you know, relativity, that sort of thing. But in cool science, a lot of times they come up with these theories, which actually I personally think border a little bit more on philosophy than they do on science. Because a lot of these things that we're going to talk about tonight with in quantum mechanics uh, really fall more into the line, are, are like extremely mathematically intensive. And, and, our, and, and the fact that we're able to just kind of talk about them in this very conceptual way is, is not because they're conceptually kind of easy to understand or it's like if you think about it hard enough, you'll figure it out. It's because a lot of math has gone into these and basically the answer came out and seemed wrong, but in fact, it's it's right. So uh, you know, like experiment proves that it or shows that it's you know most likely right. But we're really just talking about uh, you know the result of a ton of mathematical calculation and you know decades. Okay, of work. so um, for for people who haven't you know taken you know a, a survey of quantum mechanics course. Uh, what what kind of stuff in general are we going to be talking about here? I mean, are we talking about Star Trek science, or are we are we talking about you know something that can be visualized? Um, well, all right. So the whole like basically the uh, the fundamental foundation of quantum mechanics it, it, it really it, it comes from its name. Uh, it, it's quantum, and a, a quantum is just. Uh, a discrete unit of something, you know, quant, like quantity, kind of like how so it, you know, U.S. currency, the smallest unit you can have is a cent. Exactly, you can't have anything less than a cent. If you, you know, basically, when you have a transaction, you round off to the nearest cent, and uh, unless you're starring in the movie Superman Three, then you actually just take that fraction of a cent and put it into account to build a giant <laughs> computer. But uh, but we we aren't doing that, so. Uh, Right. So, but it's so basically, it's the smallest unit of anything. Everything in the universe, uh, to the best of our knowledge, has like a, a smallest, a, a smallest so quantity. Distance. You know, like yeah, the, the smallest distance. There's a there's a number called Planck's constant, which I won't get into. But basically, it it shows up. It's like this kind of uh, you know how how it, like parties. There's always like that person who comes to every single party, but doesn't really seem to like say much. That's Planck's constant. It shows up in like every single equation in quantum mechanics, but it really isn't like something that you you just be like, oh, you know, I have like Planck's constant, you know, gallons of gas in the car or whatever. But it's like it's a kind of a factor that converts things to quantum quanta. Uh, like distance has a quantum. Um, you know, uh, energy is in quanta, and those are like the big ones. Mass. Uh, most most likely, mass has quanta. Is time quantized? Uh, some people theorize that it is, and uh, we get in. If we won't get into this now, but there's uh, basically all these things come down to like this. You know, it kind of all ties into this like superstring theory. I don't know if you heard of that, which basically says that like the smallest unit of anything in the world is, or in the universe is like these like little strings that vibrate at certain. Uh, frequencies and th- these units of like infinitesimality or whatever are what actually kind of makes the world around us and uh, and the those are like the ultimate quantums quanta <laughs> so with uh, so these quantums uh, we talk about it a lot in terms of like energy of electrons in an atom where you don't have things don't like you know how if you're 
when you're driving along, right, you're, uh, in your car, the, the gas gauge just kind of goes down in a very, pardon the pun, the very <laughs> fluid way. You know, it's, it, it basically decreases, you know, proportionally to how right. much you drive. Well, if you, if you had quant, a quantum fuel tank, what would happen is that you'd drive along, and all of a sudden it would just drop, like, to half a tank. But you couldn't ever have any gas in between a half a tank and a full tank. You could have a full tank, you could have a half a tank, or you could have... I think I had a car like that once. What you really... Kind of where all the cool stuff comes in. Everyone likes to talk about quantum mechanics. And it's because there's some really cool implications of it. This whole thing about quantized energy uh, and and so forth. It's very... There's a lot of probability where things... Really, uh, like a particle, it may isn't here or there. It's kind of this what they call a superposition of states. It is here and there and everywhere in between at the exact same time. Uh, so you th- that right there just gives you some really kind of interesting things. Uh, it, it's because of these things that we get the rule that two things can't be in the same place at the same time because because they're Basically, their states would be the same, and you're not allowed to have that in that kind of certain situations. So I wanted to talk about a couple of kind of interesting things. All right, so in quantum mechanics, the whole like fundamental is this thing called the wave function, which is this uh, complex, as in using imaginary numbers. Uh, this It's a complex uh, construct, this imaginary construct or complex construct that basically represents like this probability wave so that things aren't ever in exactly one spot or things don't ex- ever have exactly one state. They're kind of smeared out over space. Now, it's uh, important to point out this This is only at the, the the quantum level of extremely small particles and things like that because by, by the time you get to the macroscopic scale, I mean, we, we know if I drop a book, it's going to accelerate at 9.8 meters per second squared and hit the floor. Uh, yeah, exactly, and uh, and the thing is, it's right. Quantum, uh, it, well, everything is quantum except for what happens is that you, as you get bigger, big, bigger, and bigger things, these probability waves drop off really fast. So, you and I are all quantum, but the fact of the matter is, is that we're we are smeared out over space and time, just because there's so many of our particles and we're just so massive that. Uh, your the probability that you're actually going to be in multiple places at a time is very much zero. However, we do have a piece of everyday technology that uses uh, this probability wave. It's our little USB flash drives. Yes. And yeah, exactly. If, if I understand it right, you uh, you apply energy uh, to it in the form of electricity and basically convince electrons to be in that other place that it was very unlikely they'd be there um, but not a zero and eventually they get over to that other side and now they're stuck yeah exactly what happens is they uh, it, that's what they call tunneling and tunneling is where if I it's basically if I'm standing on one side of a wall there's actually a part of me you know probabilistically I'm also on the other side of the wall too except for there's a huge barrier in between. So the probability like probability kind of equates to energy. So it would take a a lot of energy for me to like actually be fully on the other side of the wall. So mostly I'm on this side. However, 
there's a slight chance that my wave function will migrate over to the other side and I'll be on the other side of the wall and I will have gone through this barrier rather than like around it through a thing. That's And that's how the, the flash memory works, you know, basically, where you uh, give it enough energy so that it can travel over that, or it travels through the barrier, but not like, it doesn't like conduct through it, you know, and like right, ruin. blow holes through it and short. Right. But it literally just teleports. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that's kind of a uh, like how I guess how teleportation would work. Probably not. Uh it's it really works only on the low the small scale. But there are but there are some cool things. So this is like this whole tunneling thing and probability and all that leads to some kind of interesting things. One is that uh it's this whole observation thing. And this is kind of like where I was going with that article is that Things are, unless they're being observed, they're like smeared out over space and time. But once you observe something, it basically it collapses the wave functions and it, it basically becomes real. It stops being kind of this virtual thing and becomes real. Uh, and kind of an interest, and so I'd like to talk about a little experiment, which I think is pretty cool. It's called the uh, Schrodinger's cat, and Schrodinger was this, uh, Erwin Schrodinger was a quantum physicist, and this is like his little thought experiment where you basically have an an atom like a radioactive atom inside of a a box right and quantum effects dictate when the atom is actually the radioactive atom is actually going to like radiate or decay and let, so let's say we hook that atom up to a uh, uh machine which can break a vial of poisonous gas so what you do is you put the atom this vial of poisonous gas and a cat inside of a box, inside a box, right? But okay. inside the box, you uh, or uh, but the, so it's a transparent box, and then you put a human being on the outside of the box, right? Okay. So because of the way the probability works, the atom at some point you know is going to uh, decay and it's going to break the bottle or the uh, vial of gas and it's going to kill the cat because it's going to poison it. Which is, I think this is a terribly cruel and unusual thought experiment, and I fully expect to hear from the uh, SPCA. But and nobody should try this at home because in real life this would happen, and you'd have nothing more than a very complicated cat removal device. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And well, I think the and also, you know, you'd need a really good airtight box. And, oh, it just, yeah, the logistics are just insane. So anyway, so basically what you have is, what, what you're saying, so we know that quantum rules govern the uh, the decay of the atom, right? Right. So on the outside, so the cat is inside. The atom, because it will at some point decay, but it hasn't yet, or maybe it has, it's kind of like in the state of having decayed and not having decayed at the exact same time. So, by extension... I thought we were done with these jokes. (laughs) No, this isn't a joke. This is serious. Um, So, by extension, the cat... And this is kind of like they tell you this in a quantum mechanics class. You probably heard it in your uh, overview of quantum mechanics, right? Yes. It's just kind of... It's pretty famous. But So, the cat is, by extension, in a state of being dead and not being dead at the same time. So, what happens... But, however, when we open up the, the lid of the box... All of a sudden, we can see the cat, whether or not it's dead. So we're going to, by observing it, we're collapsing its wave function and into a state. So if the atom hasn't decayed, the cat will be alive. 
and it will collapse the cat into the alive state, and vice versa for if it's dead. And so there we go. So now we've got this like observation sort of thing. You say, okay, by observing the cat, we put it into a state. So my my extension to that experiment is: what if you put a human? All right, let's say you have in in the cat, right, or in the not in the cat, in the box that the cat is in, you have a like a see-through portal, like a window or something, and you put a person outside of that looking in at the cat, and then you put that person and that box inside of another box, and you have another person on the outside of it. So by extension, the person in the box is in the state of, at the same time, of observing the dead cat and observing the live cat at the same time. But however, the person on the inside is observing the cat, so is it in this state, or is it is it being observed, or is it not? So what this... Uh, article that we're talking about basically is saying that by human beings observing the universe, we're collapsing all of these uh, wave functions. And uh, there's a lot more like complex, There's it's a lot more complex than this, and to be honest, I don't understand it all. You know, like why it's actually shortening, it, it's shortening the lifetime of the universe because of like energy and so forth. But that's not a very good explanation. But basically, they're saying that a wave function is collapsed by a human being, like basically, it's like very metaphysical, like I'm looking at it, therefore it is collapsed. But if a human being isn't looking at it, then it's like in the superposition of states. And, and it's kind of interesting because uh, a great a great resource I'm going to point out for all this stuff, uh, especially if you're like me, more of a lay person and not up for the math, but you find this kind of interesting. Um, I have a book that was actually part of my survey of quantum uh, required materials, um, it, but it's called "Where Does the Weirdness Go?" by an author named David Lindley. Um, and it it goes into a bunch of these kinds of questions. Um, there's a, there is a chapter um, in my edition, but it's called the defining difference. Um, and it talks it talks exactly about uh, uh, the the Schrodinger's cat experiment. I'm um, interested in, in general. You know if you know if if all the particles that make up uh, an entity can have the superposition of states, well then obviously the entities have to have them too. Um, and it brings up in this book an interesting question of, so what is what defines measurement? So we, we, we've agreed that once you collapse the waveform, the, the cat lives or dies. But what collapses the wave function? Yes, exactly. So it's, it's one of those metaphysical questions that there's no real answer to yet? Yeah, and it's, I think it's that. And to be honest, I don't know as if there ever will be because it's kind of subjective. I, I Personally, I, in my opinion and a lot of people have quantum mechanic opinions but uh or quantum mechanical opinions and opinions don't necessarily like uh translate to educated statements however i think that uh that it's it's really more of a uh, an impersonal thing it's like what collapses a wave function is probably when something disturbs a system that's probably what collapses it you know you you can't uh, you know that like measurement is probably just like some sort of interference you know like you put a ruler up next to the car to see where it is or you know like a you you find it right where a car traveling down the road is you by looking at the mile marker but you have to stop it so you can measure it exactly so therefore you've collapsed it into the state of being right there so it's not like moving anymore you know so it's kind of this whole you know you had to like kind of do something to it but it's not but it's not like a human being has to look at it. i think that like as they gets kind of spiritual or metaphysical and it's kind of unscientific i think 
Now, I, I, uh, I'm going to take a minute here, un- unusually, to uh, pimp out my own blog, www.worldiv.com. Uh, if you have a chance to go take a look, we're actually running a series of interviews uh, with other bloggers. It, it feels like cheating, right? It's like, hey, you're cool. Want to write an article and I'll post it on my blog? I would just say it's very environmentally friendly of you. You're basically recycling bloggers. <laughs> um, but it's it's turning out to be really interesting. So if you get a chance, go, go check out the blog. Uh, we have the series running for at least the next week and a half or so. Have you... Uh have you actually posted any of your interviews yet? Uh, as of right now, December 12th, we've posted our first, and our second interview should uh, be posted in the morning. So by the time anyone hears this, there should be at least two. Awesome. A- any like any a- any uh, sneak preview for us, or do we have to wait for the for the surprise? Well, this is this is going to be more interesting to people who enjoy these online games. Uh, we've we've picked a selection of folks throughout the online gaming blogosphere. If you're into that, you'll find some names that you recognize. I'll leave it at that. So I have to tell you something about online games. Okay. That, uh, well, I think they're crack. Well, that's not true. I don't think they're crack. They're crack-like. They are. uh, I guess, didn't they used to call it Evercrack? I think they called it Evercrack. And it's called World of Warcrack. Ah, World of War crack, yes. Well, I have to tell you, I was... Uh, a funny story. Well, I think it's funny. So, I'm one of the... So, you know I don't play online games, right? Right. E- except for... Well, I, I actually guess none at all. Um, not on ha- the Island Adventures? Well, that's, I don't like the online version of that. I like to play all by myself, Hello Kitty Island, because, you know, that's more of a private thing for me. So, all right, so anyway, I was at work, and like most of my coworkers are severe World of Warcraft addicts, and there's at least one who I know listens to this, and uh, and he'll get a good kick out of that, or I'll get a good kick in my ass for saying this. But uh, so, and every Friday, they all go out to to this this buffet down at the mall to uh, to basically with their World of Warcraft guild. So last week, you know, and it's it's one of those buffets. It's called. Have you ever heard of Old Country Buffet? I have heard of Old Country Buffet. Well, it's the old and Old Country Buffet isn't modifying the the country or the buffet. It's actually modifying the people that eat there because it's really this like really like old person restaurant. And my and my coworkers and some people from this other company they go to uh, they all go out with their guild every Friday for. Uh, like Guild Talk and Old Country Buffet, so they actually uh, they they actually and like they never like invite me because I don't go and all I do is make fun of them and tell them that I think they're stupid, and then they pretty much tell me that I they think I'm stupid. So typically that'll that'll get you not invited again. That's right, but it's all in good fun. It's like I think that your everything you do is useless and you're dumb, but this is all in good fun. No, I don't I don't think that they're useless. They're actually nice people, but they actually invited me last week. And uh, so they sent out the email. Of course, I was CC'd, not on the two list. I was on the CC list, which meant that it was like they felt bad for never inviting me. And so I, I actually uh, s- said that instead of going out to the, their World of Warcraft thing, because I said that they weren't advanced enough, but uh, that I would be going out with my uh, my Sims Online guild and my Hello Kitty 
or was it the it was the Hello Kitty Adventure Island Guild, and they all thought that was really funny. And I was actually just trying to like make fun of them, and it actually turned out to this, be this great joke. Wow, you f- you failed. I did. I mean, you know, it was. I thought it was fun. You know, the my my Sims online, but and then so if I had to have an avatar, we've been watching those uh, the World of Warcraft like commercials that they have. You know, they're on YouTube and they, they're, they especially the one with Mister T. Have you seen that one? Yes, I have. And he's got his like whatever something mohawk, and uh, I keep telling everybody that I would play World of Warcraft if I could have a dark elf. But they said that they don't have dark elves, so I'm not playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> Are you a World of Warcrafter? Uh, I have been at times. I'm sub- are th- subscribed again now, but I, I wouldn't say I'm playing faithfully. Is it more like you're playing adulterously? Yes, that it's exactly like that. And then, of course, with all the Twittering that you and I have been doing, you must have seen my, like, basically the venom and bile were spewing forth about World of Warcraft one day, because they pretty much talked about it all day long, and I wrote, like, ten Twitters about... World of Warcraft. It's like, don't they ever get tired of it? But apparently they don't. That's why it's like crack. Or no, heroin. it's designed so that you never get tired. Even while you're hating the game, you have to play. Really? But it has the upside that unlike Crystal Meth, it rarely explodes. And it doesn't make your teeth the texture of cantaloupe. That's true. See, so there's always upside. So, thanks for listening to Tweaking Geek. Hey, didn't you want to do some shoutouts? Oh, yes. All right, I I promised that I would shout out to some people. So, Megan and Elijah and Brad and Nate. Here's a shout out. Woo woo. Okay. Woo. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our loyal fans. And next week, Pat, you need to do some shout outs. Uh, I I promise I'll do some shout outs. I guess. Okay. Awesome. Yeah.